This is my story. 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 This is our story. Welcome to the Miami Valley City Saints podcast. I am your host, Hunter Wilshire, coming at you every week with message breakdowns and guest interviews. This is your resource for deep dives and seeing God's work in the Miami Valley. May this podcast inform and inspire you that you may go out and love this valley. Day, good evening, and good night, friends, family, and city saints. Welcome to another great uh, episode of the podcast, episode 11. Uh, today, we're back to our interview portion, everybody's favorite interviews. Uh, Sandy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Okay, my name is Sandy Phipps. Uh, I grew up here in Miamisburg, and uh, church had always been a part of my life. Yeah. yeah. My mother was a Christian, my dad was not. Okay. And, uh, but he always made sure the kids went to church. <laughs> I don't know if he figured that legalized him staying home. <laughs> but it, he did eventually become a Christian, and okay. so that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ken? So, Southern Illinois. Southern and, Illinois? Mm-hmm. Okay. Born at home. Mm. You didn't I go to too. Yeah, born at home. Wow. wow. Yeah. You don't hear that very often no, anymore. No, that's right. Well, that yeah. was 82 years ago. So. <laughs> now, I, I know we're going to go to, get off on a tangent oh, here, but okay. I'm, I'm quite curious now that you just said that. Like, uh, without getting into too much detail, I guess, how did that work out? Like, did you have, like, a doctor come to your house when, like, the mother went into labor? or like For my mom, out? yes, for the first three. The fourth one, she went to the hospital. Okay. I don't know if that's how come she got a boy or. (laughs) (laughs) I was born at home, Mm -hmm. and I really don't remember. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Remember anybody talking about it? You know, later on, Mm -hmm. like who was there? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be like the story to tell nowadays. Like if there, like whenever you hear at home births, like I know it's gotten popular to do like pool births and stuff like that. You hear about sometimes yeah, yeah. and stuff. And it's just like can't imagine like uh, nowadays you'd expect there to be like a giant hospital bed to be put in the living room and all these different yeah. wires and things to hook up to the woman as she went into labor. And they everything. don't do no. They didn't do that at home. <laughs> I, I in imagine my day and his day. No, yeah. you did it cold turkey. Yeah. <laughs> cold turkey. <laughs> I can't even I can't even begin to think. Yeah. I mean, with all the complications yeah. we experience even nowadays, I mean, yeah. in that time where there's probably only one doctor, probably no other yeah. nurses or anything like that. Yeah, well, I think the doctor was present, but also I, I know that at my birth, my aunt, my great aunt was there, and possibly my grandmother, my mom's mother. Gotcha. So you know, I I really don't know, but there is a town, there is a house in Johnston City, the town he grew up in, mostly. And every time we would go by, they'd point to that front room. That's where Larry Dean was born. <laughs> <laughs> Not Kenneth, his brother. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think before we get more into your guys' story, <laughs> uh, we can we can start out with going around us uh, in a circle as well, just letting every letting the listeners know what we're praising God for today. I think I'll start with my uh, wife, 
<laughs> she won't catch me this time saying the beautiful amazing part. I, <laughs> I stopped. She's been she's been telling me not to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm praising God for being all knowing, um, just knowing everything there is, you know, about us, about creation, about everything. Um, I've just been I've been going through a study uh, with some women on uh, the names of God. And one of them was talking about how God is uh, all, like omniscient, omnipotent, and uh, omnipresent, you know. And so just thinking about him being all-knowing and everywhere at all times. And it's just, a, it's really neat. It's kind of a, I don't know, a different thing to think about. Like, it's on a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. So that's just what yeah. I've been uh, praising God for lately. And it's Andy. What are you praising God for today? I'm thankful. I'm telling Kenneth all the time, God knows who we are. Mm. He knows what we need. Mm. And he cares. Yeah. And I'm thankful we have a loving God who, who knows stuff that we're going through that we never dreamed we'd be going through. But he's, mm. he, he's there with us. I do know that. Yeah. Well, I'm to the point in my life where I'm not as, what's the word I want to use? Sharp. <laughs> Not as sharp as I should be, used to be. Just losing some of my uh, mm -hmm. things like that, you know. Memories. Mm -hmm. um, Your memories. Memories and things like that. Yeah. But then, uh, recently we've been talking about my childhood. We have, and I can remember now way back so far. Wow. And it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, I uh, had a little bit of some in, some brain injuries when I was in mm. high school and everything. So I've, I've lost a good deal of memory from my childhood, mm. actually. So mm. I, I can't really remember much past my 13th birthday. No. Um, every, it's like walking through a fog. Mm. Like I can kind of yeah. get the general frame of like <laughs> what, what happened. Mm. But like I look at like pictures of like going on vacation. And I'm like, don't remember I don't, being I don't even remember being, I was like 11, 12, going to Disney World and mm. stuff like that, you know, people mm. say it's the happiest place on earth, so you'd think that <laughs> would be impressionable so. on a child. I agree with Standing. you. Thank you. Thank Standing you. in line. One, at least one woman in my life is willing and brave enough to admit that truth, because Alyssa over here is part of the, the, the American tradition yeah, of bringing children over. <laughs> I think it's the most terrible place on earth, in my opinion. All it is is hot, huge lines, huge amounts of people, and, and babies crying and screaming all day. And expensive. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that initially, but gosh, the expense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm praying for God on, uh, for God, praying, praising. Here we go. Praising God for today uh, is the fact that He prepares the way ahead of us. Um, I've been going through a pretty uh, stressful, uh, long work week this week, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really cool because at the end of this week, I have a week off to, to go to the woods and uh, to enjoy entire days in a tree. I don't think anybody. I don't. I don't think anybody I meet that isn't a hunter 
understands the pleasure that is. Uh, yeah. when, I, when I was telling Alyssa last week that I spent 10 consecutive hours in a tree in oh. a single day, uh, she just didn't understand uh, even what that, that's about. Um, <laughs> but the fact that uh, God knew ahead of time that I would have a week like this and yet prepared a week of, of rest and a week of solitude... <laughs> though at the same time I'm sure listeners listening to this are uh, maybe thinking otherwise due to the fact that my wife's uh, what is it in her third trimester so yeah. like six, six and a half-ish months uh, pregnant and I'm leaving for a week to go into the woods but, make sure your phone's charged <laughs> yeah, wilderness journey yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to spend four consecutive days in a little cabin that I built there. Oh, so okay. uh, hopefully my phone doesn't die. Yeah. I give myself honestly like three days before I have to go back to to humanity because <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be able to make the power last. I'm gonna turn on airplane mode and stuff like that. But that's uh, neither here nor there. I'm sure podcast listeners don't care one bit about that. <laughs> but um, I think going back into our uh, discussion before about you guys growing up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you said Illinois. Illinois. Wow, what what Southern kind of, Illinois? Southern, Southern Illinois. Illinois. So is this like southeastern, south middle, south west? Like, are you? South. How'd you end up getting into Miamisburg from from like? Now that's a long from story. From that perspective, it's Southern Illinois. Yeah, coal mining town. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now is it hilly out there? No. No. Not too much. A lot, a lot of Illinois is pretty flat. Some, mm-hmm. yeah, some of it is is gorge, gorge. What is it? Gorge. I mean, deep, hilly, oh, okay. and, but yeah. in his area, his town, no, it's flat. Gotcha. And he's always saying, oh, I love the hills around here. And I thought, okay, I, I didn't really <laughs> I, I lived in, yeah. I was born in a house on Main Street yeah. down here, which is gone, the house is. And I got to thinking, every house I've lived in so far is gone except for this one. Uh, a, yeah. Wow. And I thought... Well, I'm still here, and so is the house. Mm-hmm. You know, Just be careful. Progress, yeah, <laughs> progress, yeah. But uh, he's always commenting about how hilly it is around here, and I said, I, I just never paid that much attention. Mm-hmm. And the Heineke, or the Heineke is how you're supposed to say it, hill. At one time we had, on that corner, where is it a, it's not a mirror stop, but it's a, a, a little store that you can buy stuff. It Heinke, and it was uh, Gephardt Church Road. Now it's King King's King Rich, Richard. or King Richard. Oh, King Richard. That corner there, my dad had twelve acres almost. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we moved there from Main Street to there when I was eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then until I married, you know, I was there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was uh, just something that we. Where we lived, and I didn't think anything about it. Yeah. So I went from city to farm, and and that, and then it was there were no houses hardly around at all there, so it yeah. was like country. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And that's weird to think about with how like I, crazy populated that. everything else is now. Yeah. Here, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to get to that phase in life where where things growing up don't look quite the same as they do now. They don't. Uh, I think back, like when I originally moved to Miamisburg, because I grew up in West Milton near Inglewood, and uh, when I originally moved here, there was nothing at Austin Landing. It was just a cornfield. 
I know. <laughs> and now it's like seems like it's been ten years since everything got built up over there. It's so crazy. It's, it's yeah, crazy. It's, yeah. It's Austin, crazy how things can change. Out there in Austin Landing area, I don't know what the housing or the apartment complex is called now, but it backs up to Waldrew Park. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You will see a log home back in there, which is I think now their offices or something. Mm. And uh, one of my friends in seventh grade, that was their home. Oh, wow. And that's a, it's a first, it was just one huge room, and the bedrooms were at the end, and the garage was at the end, and it had a cement floor, and it had heating in the cement floor. Wow. I had never seen anything like that before. Wow. You don't hardly see that at yeah, all, right. like, or even now. So. Right. A, it was a... F- I know you can buy the, the like, tile things that... It, it, for flooring and stuff, and you can make them heated and stuff now, yeah. which is well, that, it was just a, it was a marvelous place to be. They had like ten acres there at the time. Yeah. That's wow. the dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she had her own path into Waldrop Park oh, too. Nice, <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd I'd like to dig a little deeper into maybe church life growing up, um, for both you. Like, were both your parents involved in church, or mm-hmm. did you really even not come from a church? Uh, joint family and stuff like that. I know back then uh, it was a lot more common even now uh, to to now with church going families and stuff, but just a little yeah. interested in seeing what that was for you guys. Well, when I, when I was like three years old, there was an older couple who were church planters, mm. and uh, they started a little mission there in Miamisburg, which is no longer there, but it's over there it's that field next to the eagles okay. <laughs> okay it was there and uh i think i don't know how long he had been there he and his wife they had a little apartment and part of it and the rest of it was like the church and uh it started growing and uh he had a meeting with the people that were there my mother was one of the charter members of that church when it it uh, became a baptist church and my mother said, uh, he said, do you have a certain denomination you'd like it to be or something? And my mother said, well, we don't have a Baptist church here. I'd like for a, a Southern Baptist church. And so that's how that got started. And uh, from that church, it went, we built out there on, uh, it was an educational building, which is still there, uh, on 11th Street, First Baptist there on 11th Street here in town. And that's how that church got started, really. And my dad was not a Christian, but mom took us girls, and my brother was allowed to stay home with dad. <laughs> he was a man, you know. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> mother saw it that she and us girls went every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ken? Okay, uh, this... Uh, Takes me a while to get things straightened out here in my mind. I was born at home, mm-hmm. as were the other people <laughs> in my uh, house at that time. It was a um, coal mining town mm-hmm. out in Illinois, and um, that's where I grew up. Yeah. And then uh, after we were there for a while, we got moved into to the town and went to a different uh, school. Mm-hmm. And um, the first town was Sterritt's, Illinois. Okay. And how it's probably like what five miles, nine miles from where they moved to, which was Johnston City. Both places were 
coal mining towns. Okay. And he went See, to... See, I didn't know Illinois was that much of a coal mining oh, state. Oh, God, Southern yes, Illinois was, yeah. yeah. Like, whenever I think of coal mining, for whatever reason, West Virginia's thing that shows up, maybe because there's so much music <laughs> yeah. made about coal mining in West Virginia mm-hmm. and everything, but Illinois is no. a coal mining town. And, you know, it was just... Um, that's what kept the towns going. And then when the coal mines shut down, mm-hmm. I mean, Johnson City, the only thing thriving is the bars. <laughs> they can always thrive. But when he was in Steritz, his grandma, Phipps, took him to a little Methodist church. Okay. And that, so he was Methodist. His mom and dad didn't go. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if he wants to say it or not, but before his dad became a Christian, he was... He was a hard worker, but he got drunk on the weekends. Okay. And so, um, and I thought it was very interesting because he was like nine years old and he was playing basketball with Richard Carter. And uh, Richard's mom came out and uh, said, hey, Richard, come in now. It's time to get ready for church. And Ken said, gee, I, that's kind of weird. You know, quit playing basketball and get ready to go into church. It must have been evening, either Sunday or Wednesday. And uh, he was the friend that got Kenneth interested in going. He wanted to go. So Kenneth was only the first one in his family to accept the Lord. Wow. Amen. And then he said when his dad became a Christian, he said, I can still see my dad standing at our kitchen sink, which he said was the only inside plumbing we had. Mm -hmm. And he was pouring his alcohol down the drain. Wow. And his dad was very well-respected and regarded in that town yeah. as a Christian. Yeah. So. That's it's an amazing. awesome legacy to leave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coal mining, though, was a difficult it was way to... Hard way to live. To live. Mm-hmm. And his mother always said she didn't... Their dad did not want the boys going into the mines, you know. So the two older boys, well, all the boys went to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although his brother did, his older brother did for a short while go into the mines. And they actually had a coal mine museum. I think it's in West Frankfurt. And we actually went down in a coal mine. That is an experience. They closed it. Well, they they won't take you down now. It's too dangerous. But when we got down there, all that huge equipment, the, the cutter like this, I thought, how in this confinement almost your ears your your mouth your breath you know and I think oh my gosh it's just whew. it was a very difficult thing yeah. to work and, in the coal mines yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah underground coal mines yeah. and and when they turn the lights off <laughs> it's like queers forward backward sideways I mean you're totally disoriented oh wow so and uh, they had huge columns wrapped in wire. It was coal, but it was wrapped in wire to hold the roof up. And while you're standing there listening to them talking, you can hear this ping sound. Ping. It's the pressure flicking off little pieces of coal. Oh my god! And you don't think anything about it while too much down there because you're ignorant of what's happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. Uh, yeah, when I, I actually went down to West Virginia in the late summer this year, and they had a uh, uh, an old iron furnace that they oh. had in the middle of the woods. Uh, yeah. Because I went down a hiking trail with a couple of friends and everything. And they had these 
uh, all over the all around the furnace. So this is like an old school furnace that they used people used to like 300 people lived at it. it created like a small town basically around mm -hmm. it that worked the furnace and created pig iron uh, mm -hmm. to be used for farming equipment and stakes and things like that just kind of just cheaper metal and everything but around this entire furnace which not, none of the town survived mm -hmm. uh, yeah. after pig iron was made <laughs> obsolete and everything yeah. by steel and everything but uh, all that remains is just this pillar it looks like almost like a pyramid yeah. almost, and that was the furnace yeah and all around this furnace, in every direction, there's like a there's like a cone of this like glass black rock looking thing. It's called slag. Yeah. If you've ever heard of it before. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even know that slag existed. Uh, and so I was like, man, this is like really cool stuff. I imagine it was from the furnace. I didn't know what yeah. it was. And I actually have a couple of my pieces of it in my living room and stuff because <laughs> it's so neat. But then I looked it up, and it's like, I, th I felt like it was a <laughs> really cool thing, it. <laughs> but it's like, it's like fool's gold. I mean, it's, I, it's nothing, so. But it's history. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, 300 people every day survived, made a living made a off living. of that one building. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, I think it was like almost 100 years since yeah. anybody had, had spent any time in that area. And still, that, that remains. That sounds like Southern Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, the because that's what they did. They went to work in the dark, stayed in the dark all day, and usually came home when it was dark. And, oh, in, uh, and, and his dad was what, I think they called him a face foreman down there. So he was right at the front where they were cutting the coal. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, he, he uh, had lost a, a man or two in a cave-in. And um, I mean, it was, uh, I'm glad he, he didn't want his boys there. Mm -hmm. And his dad was young when he died. He was 46, wow. so it was just heart problems, but he was a heavy smoker. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder how can you, I don't know if they had a lot to smoke when he was down there, because you think of that. Oh, oh yeah, catch fire or something. But they had the or lights. they hit a pocket of like, yeah. flammable yeah. gas and stuff right. when they were cutting through. Yeah. Man, yeah. I can't even imagine. Dangerous place to work. Yeah, yeah it, was, it kind of reminds me of something my brother told me, uh, that Marines, even still to this day will do, which is they'll take the blasting caps out of grenades. Okay. So the thing that actually ignites mm -hmm. the grenade and everything, and they'll chew on it. Mm. <laughs> it's like, a, it, it, for whatever reason, it like re relieves stress and stuff. But like, I mean, it's fully capable of, of like, at that, <laughs> at that kind of range, if it went off in your mouth, I mean, it would, I mean, it would do you. You would be no yeah, more. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and so yeah. I kind of imagine stuff like that happening in the coal mining too, because it's just like you never know. Yeah. Going into that mine, you never know if you're going to be coming out or, That's or true. not. I mean, yeah. lots of people lost their lives doing that kind of work for this country. Yeah. yeah. And even afterwards, yeah. with all the health stuff that comes with it and yeah. everything yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the the coal mines there. I don't know. Every town, I think, had one almost, but uh, I think they're down to only a couple that are actually working. But the coal was what they called soft coal, and it was, mm. you know, it highly polluted the air and mm. stuff. So a lot of those mines are gone, mm. and towns died because of it. Johnson City is still there, but it's not what it used to be. Right. And, uh, you know, Kenneth. And his brother and his younger brother, too, all went to Southern Illinois University there okay. in Carbondale, oh, okay. Illinois. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, since we were talking about Ken's dad and everything, we're yeah. on the subject of 
of parents and everything, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask that I've been network uh, that I've been working on, because I feel like the first way that I asked it is kind of a little confusing. So I kind of broke it down into what's something you learned from your parents that affected your life, uh, and I mean. Over, spending 18 years with your parents and stuff, there's a multitude of things. I, I get that it's kind of hard to track down something, but just something that comes to mind today when you think of your parents and how you were raised with something that really like point, that poked out to itself for you. Mm. I don't, I, it, that'd be hard. I, I look back at my parents now and, and our parents were kind of similar. I mean, they weren't rich, either one, mm -hmm. either family here. And that uh, my mother, for the little that we had, she could make it stretch. Okay. And uh, I never heard her complain about not having something. And there was times that she didn't have stuff. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, there's things I think about now. So if you've got your parents, set them down and record them, mm -hmm. and uh, talk about the family and things that uh, you you probably don't think about it now but uh, you know after they're gone you think gosh I can't call her now and ask her oh, yeah. so my dad died first and five years later then my mother died and when my mother died I felt like I was an orphan I was 50 years old mm -hmm. and I thought I'm an orphan mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know it's that's the way life life is but I, I appreciate they're what they provided in for us kids and everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I talk too much for him. I'm yeah, afraid. When you, that when you think about your parents, what's what's one thing that comes to mind that that you would figure out or think about something they did, anything they talked to you about a lot, anything like that. <sighs> It really got good after my dad uh, became a Christian. Okay. And my mother joined the church too. And I made a big, ch big, big positive shift. change in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. That's awesome. There was a, a story that I don't think is really great about his dad. His dad was up on the house doing something to the roofing, maybe trying to patch a hole or something anyway. And they had a, a lady that lived across the street <laughs> and she was she was something else and uh, she um, Josephine what was her last name fetters she had several different something last like names. That. <laughs> and, but uh, she was mad they had two huge elm trees in their front yard and leaves could come down and branches come down and if it fell in her yard across the street she'd pick it up and come across the street and throw it back in her yard <laughs> and uh i feel like you i've seen that in like sitcoms and stuff well, like that growing up like a it's, neighbor it's true flipping leaves into his, <laughs> his real. neighbor's yard over the fence but she came over one day and she was upset about something and i guess she was really cussing and, and getting into Kenneth's She mom. was a real mean lady, that's for sure. But she didn't know his dad was up on the roof. And he just came to the edge of the roof and he said, Josephine, we don't talk like that over here. You just go on home. And she turned around and went home. <laughs> but she liked Kenneth. And she would ask him to come over and fix her TV. 
<laughs> she didn't like any of the other kids, but she oh, liked Kenneth. Yeah. So what is it about you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm not trying to jump uh, over, <laughs> across and over no, okay. huge spans of life, but I'm about to do it right now since we're <laughs> talking about growing up and parents and stuff. But yeah. uh, I'd like to hear just kind of how you guys got ended up getting involved in the church, um, how that in our community of faith and just started doing what you guys do. It's because so. of our daughter, yeah, Kendra. And our, our church down here... Uh, and some people probably think this is great, but I don't. It, it, political. It got yeah. political. And uh, it's it's not, I don't go to church to hear politics, you know. Mm. And uh, Kendra had started going out when they were on Kings Ridge, I think is where it started. And, uh, and it, it was funny because they were uh, very contemporary. And, you know, in, our, in the church down here, you saying 99 verses of just as I am <laughs> and thinking nobody's going to come down so you might as well quit you know but uh, and she came by here one day after church and she had on this outfit that uh, she had her hair tied up like I thought of Caribbean and that's what their emphasis was Caribbean days I said where have you been she said oh I was at church I said like that <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about your Sunday best, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a little beyond. <laughs> there we go. And I thought, but when we got out there, it was hard because you're you're so, I hate to say, programmed into the Sunday morning, Sunday night, the Wednesday night. You know, the prayer meeting time, the choir mm. practice time, and they didn't have choir practice. <laughs> they had a, a praise team ensemble, oh, yeah. and uh, it it was hard at first. I think it's all change. I think is hard, yeah, just like sense. now, you know. Yeah. But I am grateful that the church we can see it on Sunday and even interact with it if we need to, and uh, that you you uh, feel like you have to be in this certain place, and uh, like the Jews say, Jerusalem, and you know can't be on the mountaintop because that's not where the temple is or whatever, but. Uh, it's, I think, true colors come out yeah. with people who just don't really understand what the emphasis is. I think this book study has been great because yeah. you try to get focused on God's Word and when you're used to do the one-hour service and you sing mm -hmm. your songs and you have your prayer and then you go home and, okay, I'm, I'm good for the week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... Um, it, it's just different, and Kenneth keeps saying, "Or oh, when are we gonna go back to church?" And I said, "Well, <gasps> this is church. Mm -hmm. That's it." Yeah. But since he's not driving and he's having difficulty remembering things, I, this is this is good, mm -hmm. and uh, for for us anyway. So if, if somebody says we're gonna read scripture and stand up I said okay we got to stand up here now so <laughs> we had the scripture read that mm -hmm. in his church back in Illinois was uh, <coughs> it, it's a beautiful church well old church it's got the dome inside it's got the pipes for the pipe organ it's um, just really uh, the old, Bab old Baptist old church Baptist. 
Yeah, the, well, it had an upstairs too. Yeah, I had a balcony, and uh, it, it was uh, people who worked hard, and his parents were two of them that really did work and helped build that church up. And things have gone down there now that uh, I, I don't know when you, you say you get a pastor in there that um, you wonder why is he still there, <laughs> and uh, I. The last we heard, there was only like 25 members, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Because the church is under attack. It's, yeah. So, and I know you're a hunter, but, um, uh, hunter, <laughs> but, um, you know, to me, when you start saying you have to be certified to carry and go to church with your gun, what's happened? What's really oh, happened? Wow. And I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's upsetting for me. Yeah. It's just what time time does, I guess. It just continually shifts and moves things a lot well, of times I, in, yeah. in some good ways, some bad ways. But I hope you don't carry a gun when we're there. Oh, I don't. But it's, but it's, it's just the subtleness of how it gets its way worked in, and people get so focused on their rights and, and this and... Yeah. You know, as a Christian, your rights change. Yeah. <laughs> Supposed to, anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, as a Christian, uh, how much do we care about our rights versus how much do we care about the gospel being spread? I mean, we talk yeah. about Old Testament all the time. I mean, in and out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to go to prison. Taken. I'm a coward. But. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, these, these men and women... Uh, of the yeah. Old Testament, uh, Old and New Testament church. I mean, they they were a people that were built for one purpose, which was to present a message and to mm-hmm. shift, uh, throw it out to the entire world, and yeah. by the uh, power of the Holy Spirit through Pentecost and Acts and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what they cared about. Yeah. That's and if that meant that they would lose certain things that meant that they would lose certain things right. they didn't really hold too tightly onto those right. types of things um, when you think of Paul's life and he was zealous mm-hmm. for what he had been taught all his life and grown up in and then when God took, got a hold of him that all changed yeah. and he was willing to go to prison he was yeah. willing to die and yeah. that sort of thing and it makes me I keep thinking about missionaries that we used to talk about down here at this church and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he and another missionary went to the Aka Indians. I don't know if you ever heard that story, but he they went in, they knew this group of people were headhunters, and they w- went to share the gospel, and they were there, and they did share the gospel, and then they weren't sure that they were received that well, but anyway, they went back because they were in a, a air, the water airplane, like just the two of them Mm -hmm. and they got back into the plane and they sat there and and he said he wrote we had our rifles and we could have shot them but we thought if we do who's gonna no they won't listen to the next people that come along Mm -hmm. as a result both of those men were killed by these people Mm -hmm. and whether or not they ate them I don't know but yeah when he news got back the the one guy's wife went 
as a missionary to these people and lived with them. And as a result of that, those people came to know Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's a work only God can do. I mean, I mean, it's scary. Yeah, I don't want to get shot, but still, when, you know, I don't think it's appropriate. He's, he's got a sister-in-law who's been certified to carry. And uh, someone asked her, said, well, what if somebody uh, was going to shoot you? And she said, oh, I put two slugs in him before he could do anything. And I wanted to say, uh, are you going to tell him Jesus loves him before or after? <laughs> I mean, it's just the mentality that's taken over. Yeah. yeah. So. No. No. It's an interesting time to be alive, I think. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> principles at, at war right now. Well, all uh, times have been interesting. Yes. Uh, that is fair. That is fair. I mean, it might just be the fact because I live you were living now. It feels that way. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm willing to give that credence. Uh, but I, and now I just want to come up with all the reasons why, but I'm di- uh, this time's different. It feels, seems mm. like more things are, atta- are being attacked, more things are being changed. But at the same time, I was listening to a message today as I was working and stuff from one of my favorite uh, online preachers, and uh, he was talking about how people used to honor the Sabbath day <laughs> and what it looked like. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a foreign concept to me. I don't know if, it, I imagine there, it, that you guys might have even grown up with yeah. what the Sabbath day looked like, which I mean, was like, things were nobody closed. left their right. house. Exactly. Well, it wasn't just that things were closed. I, in my mind, that's what it was. It, like, I, I'm aware of that stuff, but I wasn't aware of the fact that, like, almost nobody left their house. You would stay in the house. No TVs on, no radio playing, like, and so much, so much so that it would get to the point where you wouldn't even try to talk about worldly things on those days. Like you wouldn't, if you were talking with your family members or your friends and stuff, it was about God. It was, yeah. and we were talking about until unity and yeah. how like the unified church, like that's that's when it's at its greatest strength is when all we can talk about is how great God's been showing up in our lives and all these different types of things and it's like that was just something really convicting to me that I feel like I need to be pushing hard because like I we were talking before I started put hey, we started the podcast today about me being a young man and still wanting to fight the fight with <laughs> uh now we were joking about wives teaching men and training men and everything yeah. like that but there's there is still a, a, a thread of truth uh in that to me which is like as a young man I I am not okay with like principles being slightly wrong and stuff. So like for me in like my life, the big thing has been like Christmas and Easter. So like in my mind, it's like, if you're going to have a holiday to God, it should be a holiday to God, not a holiday of like, let's open gifts. Let's eat to our full. And, and, and it's not a family day. Like in my mind, like if it's a, if it's a, if it's a God holiday, we talk about old Testament, people would leave, save up all year for this, this pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and everything and how much work they went in to do all that and then like now it's like we might watch a church service and we might have a prayer before meal but that's pretty much the extent of, mm-hmm. of what we do is that and so like for a long time I tried to fight that principle and everything which at the same time that's not really the greatest way to uh, to uh, evangelize your family like if, you're, if your goal is to see your family saved 
telling them that you're not okay with the way Christmas and Easter has been done their entire lives. <laughs> say, then it's don't not come really over. an effective strategy. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, but I was challenged by a friend uh, many year, a few years ago to, if, you're, if I'm so convicted about that, it, it, it would be a hypocrisy for me not to try to find other ways in my life. And that's something that I felt today when I was listening to the message, is another way I could do that is in the Sabbath day. And respecting that more, and I don't—I I mean, I'm hoping and I'm praying I can I can try to live up to my expectations based on it. But the fact remains is that like we have all of these different things that are going on in our country right now, all these different things, and it's like how how weak am I as a Christian to not be able to even spend three consecutive hours or a whole day? And nothing but praise to our God. Like, he is so worthy of anything we can do. Um, I know I went on a really long tangent on that, and I wasn't meaning to. No, but no. It, it was a trigger you know, of what I've been thinking about all day. So. Yeah. But, you know, just um, to pray unceasingly, you know, I can be ironing, and somebody will come to my mind, and I'll say a prayer. I mean, and I think the Sabbath is uh, maybe to always be aware that God gave us that day to rest instead of, going out and, you know, kids' sports took over a lot. That's where I start seeing the break away from the church because it's on a Wednesday night, it's on a Sunday night, or they're going to play well, there's out. there's no good night, essentially. Sports are seven days a week at this point. So. Well, but it's just, uh, in my lifetime, it was starting that way. And, and uh, it's, uh, I, I, you know, it's subtle how things can come in to distract you and you got a kid that's got talent with sports you're going to keep them in the sports you're going to help them achieve what they want to be but in the meantime you know where where does god fall into this yeah Yeah. well that's a question for that's the big question for every god-fearing parent (laughs) yeah and you have to say is it that important that they participate on that time or not you know it's Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when our kids were in sports, we, we did, they did play maybe on Sunday, but uh, it, it was never big that, that I remember. Maybe, I don't know if Kenneth can remember or not, but, you know, you think about, you give them the Sabbath and you've done your, do your church thing on Sunday, and then you've got the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I had a great uncle who had money and uh, helped build a, a little church there. It was down in Bond, Kentucky. And uh, Uncle Jerry, it was his church. Mm-hmm. He didn't preach, but it was his money. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could go in and sit down. He had a, a place on a pew that was where he sat. And if you were sitting there, he would stand at the end of the pew until you got up and moved over. That's his seat. <laughs> And Jerry York's seat, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It seems like money ruins people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives them the idea that they're above the rules. Yeah. And um, well, they don't have know, to because they got money. First Timothy, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so. Well, Ken and Sandy, uh, I just want to say I really appreciate you guys <laughs> uh, having you on the podcast tonight. Oh. It's been great hearing the stories and just hearing kind of the heart that you've had uh, with your family and 
just being able to spend time with you guys on Tuesday oh. nights and everything. And I've enjoyed I'm that. Already spoiling our our little boy with with <laughs> <the> <laughs> stuff. You gotta read it with feeling. Oh Don't yeah. Forget that. Oh yeah. I'll make yeah. sure to get the video to you of my grandma. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Have you seen that video? Yes. Yeah, we have. Yeah, that is. It is, isn't it? It is. But it's just it, it, one of the cool things that I've noticed with recording this podcast is just being able to have an ability to capture people. Um, it's one thing I didn't really anticipate in the beginning, and it's just really cool <laughs> to see people um, in my life and throughout the life of, of the community of our, of our community of faith, uh, and to see the example that they are and how much impact that they've had mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, and just being able to try—I I mean, it's it's horribly incomplete. Uh, I, I mean, just as the Bible could could be a never-ending book. Uh, there can it be never-ending stories of the people and mm-hmm. the stories that we hear on this podcast. But yeah. just being able to have people like you guys sitting down, be so willing to open up your home for <laughs> me and my wife to come and record with you for an hour and stuff. It's <laughs> it's just it's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we're honored well, to Thank you for even including us. For yeah. Yeah. You, but, you don't have to record this, but I was going to uh, tell you that when Kenneth was uh, in college, uh and he had to take one more course in order to have enough points, I guess, to graduate. And so he had to go to summer, he had to go to a summer class. And while he was doing that class, his professor came in waving a magazine article and said, two men from Miamisburg, Ohio, Mound Lab, have developed an atomic battery. And Kenneth said, boy, that is interesting. Because he, he was in chemistry and physics and that. And uh, he thought he'd be interested in finding out about that place. The very next week, Mound had sent two of their men to interview the students that were graduating who were interested in the chemistry and science and that. And Kenneth was one of them that they interviewed. So he and... Uh, and then he got a letter that they were interested in him and wanted him to come to Emmersburg and interview and everything. Uh, while that's going on in my life here, I had been dating a young man whose daddy was a Baptist preacher. <laughs> and, um, and I was thinking, okay, you know, this, this seems to be the guy. And so he was uh, a friend with my cousin. And uh, we were at my aunt's house one evening and she went to church but her husband did not and she wanted her husband to go to church with her and he kept saying no no he didn't want to go he didn't want to go. and she finally said well I won't go either and that hit me like a ton of bricks because I had two older sisters my oldest sister was happily married my middle sister her marriage lasted a year not good and I thought how do you know when you've got the right person because I thought I had the right person in the meantime this young man that I had been dating his friend said let's go enlist in the army and they took the guy I was dating and rejected his friend (laughs) he went through his training and they shipped him over to Germany and so we were corresponding back and forth and I would say you know, about being a Christian. I wanted a Christian husband. And he said, no, I can't. Uh, you know, I just can't do that. 
And I thought, okay, I said, well, then, you know, I mean, I didn't cut him off, but I just said, well, you know, I, this is important to me. So Kenneth had, had only been working, I think, up at the mound maybe two weeks or something. And he'd been staying at the Y in Dayton. And he came on a Wednesday night, and he uh, was looking for a Baptist church. Well, guess what? He showed up on the parsonage porch, and the preacher invited him in and, and brought him over with him. And I was so concerned about knowing who would be right. I put out a fleece and said, God, when I see the person that you have for me, I want to hear bells. And so Kenneth came in that Wednesday night, and uh, he was talking to my brother-in-law, who worked up at the mound. Mm. And when I, I saw him and I heard bells, I thought, him? I don't even know him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Kenneth now says, oh, you were the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. And I said, well, I was just what you wanted and you didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's right. There we go. And I, I did, I felt like God took care of that. Mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I wanted a Christian man. I wanted somebody who actually lived like a Christian, you know, and that was kind of, that was kind of. <laughs> I'm going to keep that story in yes. my life. Oh, that's, a, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, friends, family, <laughs> saints, thanks for listening uh, to this story. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And God bless you throughout the rest of you guys who are to his purposes in your life. Uh, but uh, until next time. I'd like to go out. Yeah.